I don't want my medical device to kill me because somebody hacked it. They can send wireless alerts. So if they detect a problem, they can send it. Hello and welcome to Insight Story, tech trends unpacked for business leaders. The podcast that gives you the insight you need to make the right strategic decisions about how to use the right tech for your organization. Brought to you by Kaspersky, the cybersecurity specialists. This time we're asking... How can you safely get the benefits of the industrial Internet of Things? Now, the Industrial Internet of Things, or IIoT, is the place where the Internet meets industry, smart devices sharing data to help companies make better decisions. But what about keeping those systems secure? In a bit, I'll be talking to two people about exactly that. Chris Kubeshka from Hypersec, whose interest in digital security started when she hacked into the US Department of Justice when she was 10. God, I was playing the recorder at that age. And Alison Peace from Medtronic, who is responsible for helping thousands of hearts to keep on beating. But first, to make sure we understand what we mean when we say IIoT, we have our own smart device. I am Dolly, your insight assistant. Hello, Dolly. Thank you for coming by. Hello, Susie. Now, this time, I need to know more about the Industrial Internet of Things, the IIoT. IIoT refers to any network of internet-connected machines that share information. Sensors and devices collect real-time data from internet-connected physical assets. Data is uploaded and analyzed. This tech is used in sectors like farming, manufacturing, healthcare, and transport. So this is a lot more than your smart fridge being able to tell you that you're out of milk? The principle is the same, but IIoT is at a bigger scale. Devices can share data in real time, detect potential problems, or adjust production to work better. It can find out if a train is out of oil or needs servicing. This can all happen without a human. So it's about efficient use of resources? Yes, and also safety. IIoT can check if a machine gets too hot or if there's a gas leak in a factory. It helps prevent accidents. So talking of safety, what happens if someone hacks into one of these systems? IIoT systems must be extremely secure. They use encryption to protect data and have security features like strong passwords, regular updates, and firewalls to keep hackers out. All right. Have you ever been hacked? Thank you for your concern, but I have extensive safety mechanisms in place. I am very secure by design. I'm very glad to hear it. Thank you for your help. Goodbye. So here to talk more about getting the most out of the IoT and doing it as securely as possible, we have Chris Kubeshka. She's a computer security researcher and cyber warfare specialist who no longer hacks into those government departments unless they ask her to. She has provided essential support to many companies and countries, including getting the Saudi company Aramco's network back up and running after it was hit by one of the world's most devastating Shamoon attacks. That's an aggressive malware virus. She's now based in the Netherlands and is CEO of Hypersec, a security firm she founded in 2015, and the author of Hack the World with OSINT, designed to help companies protect their systems. 
Hello, Chris. Hello, everyone. And thank you so much. This is wonderful. And Alison Peace, who is Patient Management Operations Manager for UK and Ireland at Medtronic. They're a global developer and producer of medical devices and therapies such as insulin pumps, pacemakers and implantable defibrillators. Their equipment is already making full use of this kind of connectivity. Hello, Alison. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here today. So starting with you, Chris, your focus is on the safety and security of networks. But before we talk more about that, what kinds of industries are really making the most use of this technology? One of the industries that is doing this is, for example, the maritime industry. So if you want to know, should that ship go through that storm to save fuel or will the hull crack up, they now have IIoT sensors that are placed on the hull to report back. Also space big into space and space is actually propelling us towards the normalization of usage of things like 6G and 7G. And 6G uh, has direct application to in-body Internet of Things medical devices from nuclear power plants, water, agriculture, as you had mentioned. And these types of things can unfortunately be manipulated for nefarious purposes because I have to put my you know evil devil horns on for the cyber warfare part. It's a very interesting space. Pretty widely varied uses of industrial IoT. And you were talking about medical. So turning to you, Alison, tell us a bit more about Medtronic and the devices you make and the kind of data that you're providing. The part of Medtronic that I work is cardiac rhythm management. So these These cardiac devices help people with slow hearts, with fast hearts, with hearts that may stop abruptly, you know, like a cardiac arrest. In the UK alone, there's probably more than 100,000 patients in a year receiving some sort of implanted cardiac device. These patients have then a lifetime of constant hospital checks. So you can sort of start to sense the burden that that places on the healthcare services. So remote monitoring for cardiac devices came about almost 20 years ago, but in a very basic form. The devices are now more efficient. They can send wireless alerts. So if they detect a problem, they can send it. The patients are better looked after. The outcomes are better. You know, they use healthcare less because they don't need to go into hospital. But what's also essential is, as Chris alluded to, that these things are safe. You know, you're no longer keeping the patient data within the four walls of the hospital. So Medtronic are really giving us at the forefront of the telemedicine revolution. But that security is quite important. So turning to you, Chris, let's talk about um, some of the security measures of that smart system, because it's involving people, access control, encryption, obviously very important with those devices. What do you think are the focus areas for anyone setting up this kind of system to be aware of from the security side? Well, uh, understand that uh, your procurement department is going to be looking for the best deal, which is going to be the least expensive deal. Uh, Your attorneys, both in-house and externally, may not have enough experience specifically with cyber or privacy. And that's quite important with medical. The best deal might mean that someone didn't look at the fact that you didn't require um, an annual report done by an external, say, penetration company or you know risk company, whatever might apply into that so that you know what you're getting from your supplier. A lot of the IoT and industrial IoT systems, they will come with an older version of, say, Linux kernel 
And what this means is you're getting an older operating system that doesn't have all of the various security settings you would want out of the box. And if you don't know how to apply those things, or if the company that you bought it from doesn't have a uh, secure way to update the software, because, you know, things change, things get tweaked. Well, same thing you have to do with your security settings and also your privacy settings, because the laws are changing. These are some of the risks. Know what you're buying so that you can actually plan ahead and mitigate and minimize for those risks. Some of these technologies we're talking about, both medical and other industries, they've never been placed on the internet, have they? They weren't even designed for an internet world. Is that a particular risk for for those types of companies? They need to invest more? The internet in and of itself was not meant for the internet in and of itself, how it is right now. This is a good question for Allison. What are these additional things that you have to put in place for devices that are now fitting in and trying to innovate and help human beings, but weren't meant in particular for these types of systems to connect to? The devices themselves, they're completely different now to those devices that I talked about 20 years ago. You know, it's been important to incorporate like an encryption module into those devices to make sure that actually there's no readable data from the devices. The devices themselves aren't connecting to the internet. They're using a pass-through of a monitor or an app. The data that's in the device is encrypted and the data that goes through the bedside monitor or the app is passed through. Someone was using a patient app and they lost their mobile phone. They're not going to find anything on that phone. The clinician accesses the data through a secure website, password protected, and also in all those different steps, whether it be in the device, whether it be in a patient app, and then at the secure server where the clinician is accessing the data, it needs to be as secure as it can be. And I know, Chris, there's people like you, you know, that you hope to not be able to hack into the systems. And companies like Medtronic obviously have similar, you know, experts that are always trying to challenge the things that are produced. And how do you help the customer, the end customer, the patient have that trust that what they're putting into their body, sometimes physical devices, um, is trustworthy? What, what, how do you communicate that back to them? I think just reminding them, you know, we are not in charge of what the hospitals do. We supply these services, but what's really important to mention, and the same I'm sure is true of many countries, I can only speak for the UK and Ireland here, where we have national health services with really strict controls on what third parties they'll engage with, what systems they use. There's all these rules and regulations and things that you have to have in place in order to partner with hospitals. And if you don't have it, you're told to, you know, go away and come back when you've got it. Sure. And as Alison says, Chris, these standards are very important. So what can companies do regarding testing and standards that they should be expecting from third parties to make the devices more secure? Some of the things that I advise incorporating in is looking at the contract. It should fit a minimal uh, amount of encryption as per the date of this contract. So you're not specifying it's got to be you know this number that number something technical but what the requirements and what the standards are at that time so that when you renew the expectation is to still keep those standards little things like that um obviously ensuring your suppliers are also practicing good data security and data privacy because you don't want your intellectual property somehow being waylaid between the factory floor and someone else getting your chipset. Even in the space industry and the aviation industry, they have found fake parts. And 
it's a big problem. So these are some of the other things that a board might not think about, which would be quite damaging to the reputation. Definitely engage with people like me. There's other groups like the biohacking group, which goes around to various different conferences. Um, So those are some of the things, uh, as well as ensure that you have enough of a relationship with the supplier that if something comes out, if someone contacts you and says, hey, we can you know, do this, that, and the other, and you're like, uh-oh, be prepared, have a sufficient uh, responsible disclosure policy. For example, in the Netherlands, it's a requirement for most companies to have that. But that's not you know, international, but have that preparation and know that you can contact your supplier. So turning to you, Alison, um, there's many stats out there about the huge volume of IoT devices out there in the world. 50 billion is, is one stat and m- many terabytes of data being processed all the time. In the case of Medtronic, where does that data actually go and how are you protecting it? Obviously, Medtronic is a US company. I mean, it's a global company, but its home is in the US. And what was really important when we started using remote monitoring because the server at the time was in the US. And as we've talked about, there's different data, privacy and security laws. You know, when you travel globally, there's different sort of rules and regulations. And what wouldn't have flown at all is coming to Europe with, we're going to send all this data to the US and it's going to sit there. So there was a lot of investment in having a European housing of that data. And Chris, turning to you, you've talked about some of the big challenges that are out there with the industrial IoT systems, but what's the best way for companies to actually address these challenges and where could they get some advice from uh, from trusted parties? There are a few different you know, trusted parties that you can try to look at. Try to set up a relationship with the country that your main operations are with. And what I mean by that is in case there is some sort of uh, cyber issue, You can contact what's called a computer emergency response team in the United Kingdom. Uh, They can actually put you in touch if you don't already have that relationship with some of the providers of various trusted services when these types of cybersecurity incidents occur. It's good to go, hi, I'm company Z uh, or Z uh, for the American listeners. And this is our type of operation. Could we you know, set up a, a meeting to know what website should we be looking at for alerts? What should we do if something happens, et cetera, et cetera? That is one of the biggest things because that can open doors if you don't really know where to look. But try to do this ahead of time. Also, your lawyer will suddenly become your best friend. I know that's not a common saying, but your lawyer, even though they may not have experience with cyber, they will have colleagues that they can put the word out to in a private way. You talked about a lot of different industries that you've, you've worked in uh, using IoT. Do you think the technology is actually moving faster than the law in this case, or, or are we keeping a good pace? Oh, yeah, definitely moving faster than the law. But that's what you get from technological innovation. Although it is moving at a fast pace, there are some you know, guidelines, frameworks, and more and more governments and industry are aware of these potential risks. So the likelihood of something you know terrible, terrible happening lessens and lessens and lessens. We're actually tackling this problem. And so, Alison, Medtronic's a global company, and that means you're dealing with a lot of different rules and regulations uh, when it comes to your suppliers and the data. So standardization plays a role, but also what in the security industry we call secure by design. So, so building that into the, the, the start of the project. Of course, you know, we can come out with national 
legislation that says, I want the data to come from your device in this format. And actually, our devices are designed to send it in this format. It even is beyond even the the security of the data. It's often the format of it. At the start, those first wireless devices that we launched almost 20 years ago now are not the wireless devices that we sell now. You know, everything's changed about them, even the method of communication. And not just the data security, but also efficiency on that device. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on what those selling um, industrial IoT devices, what should they be doing as part of their best practice? I think they should start applying what I would call easy standards. We had a workshop at the United Nations Internet Governance Forum about this with Internet of Things and Industrial Internet of Things. And it's hard for both consumers and companies to know, does it meet a minimum level of standards for security? Can it be updated, for example? all the way up to, say, something you would use for medical stuff. This would be the highest standards. I don't want my medical device to kill me because somebody hacked it. And we had proposed something as easy as, say, a traffic light system or something like that so that you know, all right, it meets at least this minimum standard. It might cost 10 euro more, but you know that the risk is probably more minimized. So I would love to see as an industry group for some of those things to start occurring. So, Alison, uh, just turning to you finally, um, you talked about some very exciting stuff that's happening right now at Medtronic, but what are your plans for the near future? I mentioned a patient app. This is new to us, you know, and at the moment is with Apple and Samsung and also the population will see grow. I think 10 years ago, maybe 3% of people over 65 had a smartphone, whereas then 10 years on, they're the people who were 55 before, you know, and, and now it's more sort of 80, 90%. It's the healthcare outcomes of patients that are more engaged in their healthcare with always awareness of how secure we need to be, obviously. Great. So we've had a great conversation today. Thank you for joining me. And we always like to give an insight story, a final thought, a golden nugget of insight. So if you were going to give a piece of advice to perhaps a CEO of a company who's thinking of investing in the first time for an industrial IoT or upgrading their systems, uh, what advice would you give them to start with? Let's start with you, Chris. I would say um, prepare for the worst, but plan for the best. Think about the different risks that are going to be associated with this. From a business standpoint, it's all about risk. Uh, Hackers use the term exploitation. So do people with MBAs. It's just a different way of thinking. So start incorporating these types of things. Hey, what, what would be the plan if this happened? It doesn't have to be super long. It can be incorporated directly into your current disaster recovery plan. Speak with your suppliers. You don't feel comfortable enough with speaking about cybersecurity and privacy with your supplier. You need to look for a new supplier. Take a look at uh, companies and suppliers who participate in different types of security conferences or have their products looked at by groups that do various hacking villages. And if they're actively looking at these things, that gives a good deal of credence. And what about you, Alison? What, what, what's the top level advice you might give to a CEO investing in IoT for the first time? I couldn't agree more with Chris and those points. And obviously speaking from the other side of it, as a third party supplier to the healthcare industry, I think that partnership, that understanding that if there's some standardization of what is required and it's very clearly communicated and there's that partnership and we can comply quite easily, open communication, clear guidance and criteria of what's needed is essential. 
big thank you to our guests, Chris Kubeshka from Hypersec and Alison Peace from Medtronic for their very useful insights into the industrial IoT and keeping it secure. If you're enjoying these kinds of insights, we have many stories about the latest business tech in Secure Futures. It's Kaspersky's digital magazine about innovative tech for innovative leaders. And we've got articles about new technologies in manufacturing like digital twins, a video and another interview with Chris again about the Internet of Things and cyber threats in space, and articles from last season's Insight Story, including blockchain and digital trust. You can find the link to Secure Futures in the Insight Story show notes. So fresh developments in the digital world are exciting, but as new technology arrives, so do new threats to our online safety. Providing protection against those kind of threats is, of course, what Kaspersky is all about. So to give us some insight into the cybersecurity challenges of the industrial Internet of Things and how to keep it secure, I'm joined by Dr. Amin Hasbini, Head of Research Centre, Middle East, Turkey and Africa for Kaspersky's global research and analysis team known as GREAT. They spend all their time uncovering and understanding the cyber threats that face us. So, Amin, give us an idea about the scale of industrial IoT at the moment. Uh, well, according to a recent uh, Kaspersky study, uh, more than uh, 60% of businesses maintain and uh, run IoT solutions for their own business and for their clients. And a lot of these organizations say that their IoT systems are not fully protected. Close to half of the businesses say that. And uh, considering that everyone's uh, biggest concern is not getting hacked, not having a breach or a leak of data, not having their operations crippled or destroyed, well, security requirements need to be in place for everyone, right? Though this is still not the case, and cybersecurity technologies are still emerging on this front, specifically for IoT devices and industrial IoT devices. When we talk about industrial IoT devices, we talk critical infrastructure, water, power, uh, energy, or others, and a shutdown or uh, a damage could cause a lot of uh, harm. Sadly, though, as per uh, one of our surveys as well, a third of these uh, organizations blame a lack of security or a lack of budget for their inability to deploy cybersecurity requirements for all of their IoT systems. And that is definitely a concern. Like it makes us uh, ask questions. If it is not the resources or the employees, and if it is not the budget, then what is it? Is it the strategy? Is it convincing top management? And uh, questions that still uh, do not have answers for many organizations, sadly. Uh, So what recommendations, if we're talking not necessarily to a a CISO or an experienced person, but more to someone on the board, what would you recommend that they should be asking the questions of their IT security team to really make sure these technologies are safe? Well, we should start with asking technology vendors, uh, because technology vendors are still racing for features and ignoring cybersecurity requirements, like necessity requirements. And then when a solution is demonstrated out of uh, the box, it's uh, magnificent as a butterfly. However, once implemented and confronting real-life scenarios, uh, it's vulnerable as a butterfly as well, sadly. I think on our side, we believe in technology that is secure by design, secure in development and in implementation. That uh, makes attacks worthless for attackers, for criminals. On our side, we have our uh, Kaspersky OS and the cyber immunity strategies. And uh, we've worked on a number of projects like railways, interference protection, or protecting power grid vehicle charging devices. The challenge starts on the top 
level in each organization. It becomes a priority on, on the top level, and then it becomes translated into policies, guidelines, and practical methods and methodologies used by technology vendors and the operators inside the organization, which is offering this IoT system or solution. Thank you very much to Amin. If you're in the manufacturing, industrial or critical infrastructure business, it really is critical to make security a top priority. Kaspersky ICS CERT offers unique services in industrial automation systems and Internet of Things cybersecurity. On the website, you can download the latest free research reports and get advice about protecting your industrial enterprise. Check the link in the show notes. That's it for this edition of Insight Story, Tech Trends Unpacked, brought to you by Kaspersky. Search for us wherever you get your podcasts and click follow so you don't miss an episode. Coming up in this series, we'll be diving into the ethics of AI, exploring how quantum computing is going to change everything and talking about digital transformation. How do you integrate technology into your business so you get a real return on your investment? Plus, if you're liking what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review. Five stars. It really helps people find us and get the benefits of all this great insight. If you want to get ahead, you really can't afford to miss it. Till next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, hello. I'm so sorry, Dolly, about asking if you've been hacked. That is okay. I mean, is that quite a rude thing to say? And are you connected to the industrial internet of things? Or are you living off of it? Just before I go, I wanted to tell you about two other great series from Kaspersky that you might like. Fast Forward by Tomorrow Unlocked explores the past, present and future of the technologies around us. Season two includes a very cool episode about how digital twins can improve your personal health. Plus, if you want to hear the latest news and views from the world of cybersecurity, join Jeff Esposito in the US and David Buxton in the UK for Kaspersky Transatlantic. They chat security around current tech news and have the lowdown on all the latest data breaches. You'll find links to both these series in our show notes, but you'll also find them wherever you get your podcasts. So track them down and click follow so you don't miss an episode.